right there. That's the sweet sounds of Phil Collins and Genesis. Mike Rutherford. I can't even remember the other members of the group. Post Peter Gabriel, but the amazing Genesis back here on Life MMA and the NBA. I am... Uh, let me turn this down. I am your host, DJ Sam Marco, coming to you along with my co-host that's here today. So last week we had Will. This weekend returning is the sociology major, the nursing student, the guy who is most certainly working his ass off to take care of you people, to take care of you when you go to the hospital. Party people, put your hands together for at Eats Thrash on Twitter, the bass player, the heavy metal OG mother, Nick Cazono. Oh, what's, what's up? up? What's up? Wait, oh, now we gotta to, get. Had to tag, uh, Will had to tag me in. Yeah, exactly. Oh, now I know why this isn't. Okay, Bob Cross is probably still there. Okay, I get it. It's probably All right, Nick Cazono's back with us. Will tag you in. I don't know when we'll ever get a show again with two brothers up in here <laughs> to help me out. Hopefully hey, soon. You know, school's busy. I get, I get, uh, no, that's okay. He's busy with family and school. He's got a lot going on. I just have the school thing, and you know, yeah, that, so it's really better if we pick on Will. I think he's you know, most, <laughs> most amenable to everybody. Um, so, so yeah, uh, we're excited to be back. It was a super big MMA weekend. We have news in reality television with one of the, um, one of the stars, or at least. Somebody who purported herself as a superstar, uh, Jen Shaw of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City being arrested today on federal charges of, I don't know if it's racketeering. So, he, I, you, dude, you're telling me, right? This is serious, man. This is serious. Racketeering. Um, let me see if I can find it, Jen Shaw. I had to no. Google it earlier. I'm sure Kate and Mandy and Jess are sure on fire right on yeah. oh my god yeah they must be um it was on cnn so let's see arrested on federal fraud charges with connection to a nationwide telemarketing scam so extremely Ooh, sad for oh. miss shaw and uh you know can't rip people off of money yeah it usually it's not a good thing as it turns out that ripping people yeah. off what i want to say though is when i was listening to my friends obviously we're sports guys. You know, Kate is a sports girl. But I think Jess and Mandy probably not as much into sports. And when they said that they were living in this mansion in Salt Lake and that he was a secondary coach for University of Utah, and they're like, wow, I wonder, they must get paid like, I, mean, I don't know if they mentioned upper six figures or a million dollars. I was like, oh, no, no. At a, at a school like University of Utah, if you're not... If your name isn't head coach, offensive coordinator, or defensive coordinator, you're probably not in six figures. If you're a secondary, like a position coach, like running backs coach, secondary coach, tight end coach, you're probably not in six figures at all. Um, and that's coming from somebody else who's not in six figures, but that's beside the point. Um, so what do they make I, like 60 grand or something? Or? Oh, you know what? I don't know, but I'm telling you. Even though they're a Division One program, they're a smaller program, and I, 
don't think a position coach at a school like Utah is making six figures. I don't think. I could be wrong. Uh, and it, it what, maybe is he making like sixty grand or uh, maybe yeah yeah maybe somewhere around there. Okay. But but I don't but I don't think if you're not an off a coordinator, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, or head coach, you're probably not making that much money. So living in a mansion meant for a real housewife meant she must be making a lot of money. Now we know how she made because it didn't add up. For, I mean I didn't know what she, I had no idea what her her line of work was. I knew that they met in college, uh, the two of them. She's from uh, she's like Samoan or something. She's from one of the islands, um, the Hawaiian okay. island chain. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Polynesian. She's of Polynesian descent. Polynesian descent. Yeah. 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 And um, so they met at college uh, at BYU, I think. And so wow, I was just I'm you know I'm in shock and uh, yeah, I, I feel know. bad for her. I don't know what she did. I supposedly, there, at least the way they're painting it is that a lot of her victims were people over the age of fifty five many of them and these financial services you needed a computer a lot of them don't have that etc cetera, etc cetera. so um let's let justice um, you know yep before, sound good. We, before we adjudicate yeah. um anyway let's go to the ufc uh and since we <laughs> we already did the real in, in trying to say that we were going to talk about the reality tv we talked about the reality tv so, uh, by the way, uh, for those of you that are into reality TV, um, Jess NYC, Jess, um, I think her name is Jess X NYC. Basically, it's uh, hot takes and deep dives on Twitter. Uh, had on in the last couple of days, she had on an entertainment lawyer that talked about one that we talked about in the show with Tom Girardi and Erica Jane, and he was a huge LA lawyer who had defrauded accident victims like airplane crash victims. Um, Like they're in, I think uh, Mandy kind of explained that to us. They're in really deep. And she explained that she explained Kim and Kanye's divorce and how uh, they might settle. In fact, like she owns the property, but he owns the home that they live in. So yeah. So there might be no, actually supposedly it's not going to be from what she said uh he would like lease the land from her etc etc and then maybe negotiate a sale but she talked about how you when you marry someone and when you get into a contract that you get into the contract with the idea that this is how i would get out of it if i need to get out of it you don't get into it going oh this will never you know this will never dissolve and i'll be in it forever so it was interesting when she talked about that. Um, so they talked about Tom Girardi and Erica Jane. That is very, very serious business. And the fact that Erica Jane, the housewife, she was the real housewife of Beverly Hills, that she is extremely exposed because the money that's in question uh, that was defrauded was lent to her for her musical ventures and stuff. She has some some... Uh, some recordings and and performances and things like that that she used monies that Tom owed for her own career and therefore that exposes her. She, she can be like, look, I had nothing to do with it. It was him, and I, you know, I but don't know. The money anything. you're using is to to invest in right. your career, and they're like, oh, actually, you're. Yeah. And she may not have bed. known. She may not have known, but 
nonetheless, she's exposed in in the from. I don't know what she knew, but she's exposed from the standpoint is she's got to get that money back uh, somehow to 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 yeah. the court. Uh, right now, the court is maintaining the home and all that sort of thing, and their private airplanes and all that stuff. So. A lot of stuff going on uh, with that in reality TV. As we discussed, we were just discussing off air. Uh, Michael Morgan. Uh, let me find him on Twitter, this gentleman, uh, Mr. Morgan. Uh, so talk about what you know about Michael Morgan. Um, I don't know that much. I mean, all I know is he has a. He's a, a film podcast critic. Podcast with Gina. I, didn't, I had no idea he was a film critic. So, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a film critic mm-hmm. in the Sounds UK. Sounds like a nice guy. Yeah, it looks I, like it shows him holding pads for somebody here. Or yeah, or yeah, I saw a video of him sparring with uh, what's his face from the UK that doesn't fight in UFC anymore. He was a light heavyweight. Oh, I can't think of his name. Uh, drawing a blank. Let me look it up real quick though. He, I think Thiago Santos knocked him out. Oh wow. Okay. Oh, Ronnie March. And... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so... No, um, was, he he was an older gentleman. Like he came to the UFC, maybe like in his like mid thirties. But he had a lot of hype in the UK. Uh, Paul Jimmy, Kelly, Jimmy Manua. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Manua. Manua. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, Jimmy, yeah, Ma- yeah, that's him right there. I think that's Jimmy Manua that he's sparring yeah. with in this photo so, on his Twitter. That's Jimmy Manua that he's kicking. Yeah, yeah. So. Jimmy Manua uh, had some beautiful knockouts, man. But it's just. It's a cruel sport. So uh, Michael Morgan is going to come on with us and talk about Harry and Meghan, which I'm super <laughs> duper excited to talk about, and race in the UK. Because my question to him was, is race and a, is it as much of a problem in the UK as it is for us here in the U.S.? So he's going to speak to that and, and let us in on that. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I so. mean, I think every country has their own dynamic of racism. But, I mean, you know, we have it here. And I know, I don't know how, I mean, it's obviously in you know the UK as well, but it's probably a lot different than what we have here. And I know in, like, Japan and Asian sort of countries, you know, the racism is, is geared towards, like, other sort of uh, different types of, Asian descent within that country. So, like in Japan, I heard, you know, uh, ra- there's a lot Koreans. of racism towards Koreans and uh, Chinese mm-hmm. people that live in Japan and everything like that. So that's true. That's that's a really good point, Nick. <laughs> uh, which is why we have you on the show is for good points. In case you were wondering, that's why you're <laughs> that's why you're here. I just um, I just heard from other people that no, but over the, there and but but it's a great point because you're the type of guy that. When somebody makes an assertion, you can find another avenue and actually turn it around on a group that's actually part of your group uh, because you're a Japanese American. Uh, and it's true. Uh, it is kind of well known in uh, in Japan. And I don't know what it's like today, but that's kind of like what their what their history is a little bit uh, yeah. as yeah, being biased towards other other Asians. Yeah. Um, and Definitely. I don't, you know, to what degree. I don't know, but I did, you know, I remember, um, so I'm going back to the 90s now, uh, early 90s, so 91, 92, I had a Japanese girlfriend who lived in Tokyo, I lived in Okinawa, uh, and people, you know, today will say Okinawa, I still say it the way I learned when I was on the island, Okinawa, and Mm, I, 
I remember her telling me that they would make fun of the more Asian you looked like, you were considered not as beautiful. Meaning if your eyes were more uh, smaller yeah. or more of a yeah. slit, the more you had like rounded eye. Uh, she, she was talking about making fun of her friends like with a flat face or really slit eyes and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh, that's so horrible that you would make fun of somebody as, because they look more a more quote Asian or less Asian. Like, yeah, you know, because I've seen beautiful women that are more round eyed or more Asian looking. I don't, doesn't matter, you know, uh, what the necessarily the characteristic that characteristic is, but she told me that, you know, and of course it was a different time in terms of political correctness. Uh, she was college educated. She was extremely well-traveled. So she spoke English, which is how she communicated with me. And she had been to, I felt like such a loser. She had been all over Europe um, at that time. And we were in oh, our cool. early 20s. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, shout out to Yumiko Nakamura. What's up, Yumiko-san? One love. <laughs> so uh, we had a great time. Unfortunately, I had to leave there early in the middle of our relationship and go home and look after my mother who had cancer. So I had to get stationed close to her in the Air Force to carry me as uh, as it usually did in almost every single situation. So, uh, all right, so let's go on to MMA. But thank you, Nick, for bringing that up. Um, yeah, no uh, and, and just, you know, keeping us, keeping it real, keeping us, um, keeping us honest on our own bullshit, whether we're talking about racism against Jews or Asians or black folks or brown folks, you know, my wife is a brown folk, uh, you know, kind of like half, half, uh, white, half black, which makes her kind of brown. Uh, <laughs> so I, I've gotten to see it from her side, uh, you know, with the Jews, we've had it and it's, you know, thank you for keeping us honest on our bullshit. Um, let's go to MMA brother. MMA. Because speaking speaking of race, actually, we could carry this just a little bit further because now we have our third champion from the continent of Africa who has won a title. I know you're not super excited about this, but... I mean... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my friends, you know, I'm a Stipe guy based on where I grew up in and everything. So. Right. And I'm also a Stipe guy based on the fact that you know the UFC doesn't really side with him on a lot of things so i just i don't know i just think they should have they should have given him a bit more respect while he was champion and everything like that so no doubt the first like the first francis fight like there was all like highlight reels of how great francis is and this francis that and then you know you have the champion there that has defeated pretty much the who's who of the heavyweight division at the time and he's just kind of like second tier to like how, how all the hype they're giving Francis. So, I mean, well, you're, you know, you're a hundred percent, right. Let's there. talk about the fight and then we'll get into the, the afterglow and, and what you're yeah, saying, okay. which is, is legitimate. So what did you think of the fight? What did you think of, and the, you know, based on how we, we do this show, we're not like other people's shows. What did you think of Stipe's game plan execution? Francis's game plan execution. I mean, Francis game plan was great. You know, he, he was patient. Uh, you know, he threw some straight punches. I mean, he had. <clears throat> I mean, he was prepared for the wrestling. You know, the the more the 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 limited you know grappling exchanges that were in the fight. I mean, he definitely had the upper hand. 
you know, he had a nice sprawl and everything, and he kind of spun around and took Stipe's back as well. But then he even tried to <laughs> take down Stipe, and DC's like, that's not a good idea, and, and everything. He almost like almost felt like he heard that. He did like, He did take down Stipe. He lifted him up and threw him down on the ground, right? Did he, though? I don't. Yeah, think he, he had a rear no, waist lock on him. He, no, but he, then he shot in on him. He shot in afterwards. Oh, okay. And then he just like... And then but Steve did, just did like, he get him down from that rear waist lock? Or he no? did, yeah, he did. Okay. He, I mean, amazing. he did, like... I mean, you know, big, strong guy uh, being behind you and picks you up and just kind of slams you. It wasn't anything, you know, technical or anything like that as far as that was concerned. But the spin around and see the back was pretty nice. That was pretty technical and everything like that. But, you know, he does have some sort of wrestling, sort of grappling chops and everything like that. But, yeah, it was good. And, you know, he just he landed some some big shots and he wasn't he didn't sort of go wild and like the first fight and kind of punch himself out so let me ask i think made some errors as well go ahead go ahead don't let me ask you what you thought of stipe's game plan then i mean i don't know what i I couldn't really decipher really what it was in particular on what he was trying to do (laughs) i thought it was good (laughs) you thought it was good i did i did yeah what was it I think his game plan was to strike with him a little bit to get Francis to open up a little bit. He was patient. He shot yeah. in on the single and didn't know he was going to get sprawled on his head. The way yeah. the way he was going to stuff the head uh, because he he lifted up on the single. He turned Francis toward the cage. Francis stuffed the head and yeah. then walked away from the cage. So now uh, Francis's back was to the center of the cage. And then he sprawled on on Stipe's head. Um, And Josh Thompson talked about on his podcast with Big John, he should have lifted up. He should have drug him in a little bit. And then then I'll try to lift, then lift, and then off balance him that way. Okay, sure. You know, you could, you could, you could say that, but I I don't think. Should have, could have, would have, you know. Yeah, I thought Stipe had a really good game plan. And if Stipe would have gotten that takedown and got on top, I don't think, and you and I spoke about this pre-fight because you talked about his jiu-jitsu and that he's he's grappling with X, Y, and Z. I said his jiu-jitsu is fine. Every single fighter in the UFC needs to be competent in jiu-jitsu or you're wrong. I know his jiu-jitsu is fine, though. <laughs> no, I said, no, I, 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 I'm not. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm. you said his jiu-jitsu will be pivotal. And I said his jiu-jitsu, fine. Not is fine, but Okay, great. Let's say his yeah, jiu-jitsu yeah, yeah. is good. Yeah. Every single fighter in the UFC, in every weight class, male and female, from heavyweight down to the lightest weight class, needs to be competent in jiu-jitsu, or you're wrong as a fighter. You're just wrong. That said, if he, if we're talking about Stipe trying to escape off his back or sub off his back with Stipe on top, he's probably in trouble. Because Stipe doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Uh, and if he does make a mistake, he doesn't make it twice. So, well, he's not developing a well, just to just to chime in on that, you know, working on jiu-jitsu doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have an offensive guard. And, you know, me, you might have some sweeps maybe from that position, but working on jiu-jitsu mainly, mainly means, you know, just being defensive off your back and potentially getting back to your feet as well. So that's I mean, a good point. If, that, he could, if he could frame and, yeah, and get back what, to his feet from a seat. That's what Rashad position. Evans was kind of 
discussing with Brian Campbell on uh, Morning Combat, like how um, <clears throat> Francis Ngannou was sort of, you know, able to not instead of just being flat on his back before now Be like, on his training, side. he's on his side, he's framing, and he's getting back up to his feet. It's not like he's trying to. I'm with, like Eva and he's like, you know, I'm, with, I'm with I'm all with that, but what I was telling you, if you remember when we were talking, I know, I know. Which I is, said yeah, him ahead. stopping the takedown is paramount. If he Correct. cannot defensively wrestle, he's in trouble. Yeah. Because no matter how far he's come, Stipe has been doing this for I would say more than a decade, or de- at least a decade at this point. Or even at that, if we go back 10, 12 years, he was probably in college wrestling at that point. Yeah, so, he wrestled at Cleveland State, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, before he went to and started with, uh, what's that professor from Cleveland's name? The Gracie, uh, Helson Gracie guy? I don't think he was with him. He was with him. What was, was his name? From Columbus? Yeah. Tell me a name. Robin? No, Robin? No, not R- Robin Geisler? No. It yeah. was another guy, a guy from like Cleveland. Or or uh, the guy from uh Menor? No Dent's guy? No, 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 not that guy. A different guy. I can't think of his name now, but uh, it was someone associated not, with Mark. Not... He's so, associated? Oh. Yeah, I can't recall his name now. It was like a Brazilian name. Brazilian guy. But oh, it... I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah but yeah. that's because we that shows how long we've been gone from there. Well but... I don't know. Yeah, Mark had an associate was that was training with him. That was Brazilian? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I just at can't recall school? his name. No, not at our school. He didn't train it. You know that he was like more closer to Parma or independence or wherever the hell he was at. But anyway, it's not important who the yeah, guy was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in any case, he's been grappling for a long time and it was paramount in my mind. Two things is that he had to stop the takedown and not allow Stipe to put him on his back. And he needed to kick Stipe in his legs and get his attention with kicks. And I said, you know, Stipe is extremely strong from the waist up. That's where people have a very difficult time hurting him. Now, eventually, Francis did hurt him there because, as we said, any one of these guys can put out any one of these guys on a given night. Overeem could could catch you. Junior could catch you. Derek could catch you. You know, yeah. um, Volkov. I mean, a lot. all these yeah. guys could. Okay. So... Um, I felt he needed to kick Stipe in the legs. Stipe gets very panicked when he gets kicked hard in the legs. He did. He's actually done a lot better on that since uh, Junior kicked him in the legs and he looked like he was about to have a heart attack, uh, which is what I would do if Junior kicked me in the legs. But um, now Francis landed some good, hard, low kicks inside and outside, and he landed through a head kick, uh, through a couple body kicks, and I thought that was that was paramount. Then when he got Stipe off balance and not being smart and rushing things, trying to on that reattack, of course he got knocked out. But um, I was very very impressed with Francis Ngannou uh, with the progress that he needed to make. He made and what you know once in the last four months I was right about something. So I know I've been I'm usually. <laughs> wrong with a lot of my predictions <laughs> well i mean i know like i mean you love Stipe. wrong 40 percent right you love stipe and and it's just i just kind of was looking at it you know when you have time to think about a fight yeah. and you kind of look at 
you know, where Stipe is strong. And he's very strong up top, meaning he can take a lot of damage. You know, he's been knocked out. Obviously, DC knocked him out. But yeah, it's it's not the, the through, but yeah, I mean Yeah. I mean it's the same way yeah. it's gonna happen with John Jones. We can call it right now. And we're gonna get to this afterward. If John Jones gets that fight against Francis, he has got to attack the lower body. He must. He must oblique kick John back when he gets kicked like that. Because if you don't, he'll just keep throwing him the way Sean O'Malley kept throwing him and throwing him and throwing him at Thomas Almeida. You have to throw it back, and he needs to attack John in the in the leg and the calf. If you don't, you're probably not going to beat John Jones unless you hit that lucky punch. Nobody has, so he sparred yeah. with some heavyweights. So, um, brilliant fight, man. Yeah, and then just another point. It's like Stipe, you know, he's already at his threshold as far as like his skill level. You know, there's, I mean, there, how, what else can he add to his arsenal that, it, you know, he's already, that he already has, I mean, that, that he could get like at this stage of his career, you know, you're not going to see this guy turn into a K1 kickboxing champion, you know, he's got great hands, he's got great wrestling and everything, you know, it's how to mix it up really well, he's got really good fight IQ, so, I mean, those things are what made him a champion, so he's already at his kind of peak at like his skill level and everything, and Francis That's a good is point. still like, coming yeah, up. But, yeah, coming up. But yeah, Francis coming up. He still has a lot of time to sort of evolve. I mean, he, he kind of came late in the game, but you know, his physical gifts have kind of propelled him into uh, where he's at right now. But, you know, I mean, he's got time to grow in, in the deficiencies that he has. But then based on those deficiencies, it's going to make him even better of a fighter, which we saw this past weekend where it's like, you know, oh, is he wrestling? Oh, is he? I mean, obviously he's wrestling. Like, I mean, to, as a fan, like if you're, if you really think that that guy's not wrestling or grappling, you got to be an idiot. Who thinks that? <laughs> so, I mean, people say this stuff online, and everything like, oh, is he really re-? like? He's he's doing it. Like, he's not an idiot. Like, these guys aren't idiots. Like, well, I I, I think that when <laughs> have we see, corners. I, I I no, I think when when I think I know what you're saying, but I think. What gives rise to that is we see someone who is totally unprepared for the attack that was coming. And yeah. this and that's why. Obviously, every MMA fighter, in theory, is wrestling, grappling, but then we saw Justin Gaethje in there and then Josh Thompson spilled tea out of uh out of uh, Trevor Whitman's camp and said he doesn't he doesn't train jujitsu. He comes in, he does the striking he does his kicks and he does his wrestling. Yeah. And he does some wrestling and that's it's it. It's harder to decipher that because he doesn't you we didn't see that deficiency in him because A, he's got a really good wrestling background, so we know like, oh, he could wrestle because he's he's done it his whole life. You know, you assume that just because he could wrestle, maybe he's playing tra- training some jiu jitsu. But mm-hmm. if you're a really good wrestler, do you really need to train jiu jitsu all the time? I yes. mean <laughs> you can, you cannot. I mean, I think a lot of guys probably don't Well, train ask Ben Askren about that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, he's another example, but I think like Johnny Hendricks, maybe he didn't really train in as much jiu-jitsu, maybe he should have, but he still became well, a champion. Yeah. Robbie I Lawler, mean, does he really, Robbie Lawler train a lot of jiu-jitsu? That's a good Maybe, point. maybe not, but he's got good that's... wrestling background, and you know what, he became a champion, so it's just like having that whole, having that sort of category in your skill set already kind of filled with some sort of grappling, you needed some sort of grappling, right? So Gage already had, you know, 
a division one sort of background in wrestling. So, and he's wrestled his whole life. So a lot of fans, including myself and probably you before we saw his deficiency in mm-hmm. jujitsu in general thought that, you know, his grappling was really good. I, I would have, I, well, I, well, I could say this. I didn't know. I didn't know if his grappling was really good for two reasons. A, we never saw him grapple and B, uh, before the fight, Josh Thompson spilled that tea. I mean, that could have turned betting lines around. That yeah. could have done him saying that I talk to people in their camp that tell me that he doesn't he doesn't train jujitsu, that he's a white belt. That's a problem. I think you know Dillashaw probably didn't train that much jujitsu until he came to our academy. Yeah, but if After. you hear about all these guys, like John Jones is the white belt in jujitsu, but it's like, is well, he really a white? You know, like I can. It's yeah. hard to decipher. Well, first of all, have John. Really good wrestling. Yeah, we can't put John Jones in that category that everybody the same else. Deal too, like no, but he's not a John Jones. When he was a white belt, um, I talked to Igor Adoujo when he was training out of Jackson's, and he talked about um, training uh, grappling with John and talking trash with John about how many times he tapped him. But at that time, I think John had already tapped Vitor or or tapped Ryan Bader or whatever. Yeah, um, John. I don't want to compare to other people. Even when he was a white belt, he's just naturally so much better. And I don't want to say naturally because that makes it sound like he doesn't work on his craft. And that's not true. The guy's amazing. The guy's amazing. My point um, is just because they don't train traditionally in the gi. Oh yeah, right? sure. Cause that's where that, that's where that, that's where that name comes from. You know, like he's a white belt is because you don't train in the gi and then you know, you've been wrestling your whole life and you're going to put that guy wrestling his whole life into a jiu-jitsu gym and you're going to say he's a white belt? Mm, not really. He might not have, like, you know, some knowledge on maybe a blue belt level, like, setup or something, but as far as skill level, he is not a white belt. Sorry. I, I agree with not... you. I agree with you 100%. And, but... and, and I think what Nick is saying, guys, uh, if I could try to put it in more plain language. If you're in class with white belts, as we all have been, if you had a guy like Justin Gaethje come in to grappling class, he's not going to look like a white belt. Um, he won't. Just by virtue of how much MMA he's done, the grappling he's done uh, in MMA training, and the wrestling he did before he got into MMA, he is going to make white belts, most white belts look stupid on the ground. So I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. So to hear so point being is when you hear about when you hear Josh Thompson before the fight even happened mm-hmm. with Khabib about oh he's a white belt on the uh, you know, he's a white belt in jiu-jitsu, blah blah blah. It's like you could be like, Okay, sure, but is he really the white belt based on what he's based on his background, based on all the fights he's had, based on the trainings he had and everything I, like that. I'm sure he's rolled with black belts before I can answer that question. I can answer that question before you go on any further. The answer is we don't know. But the fact is, is that... You don't know, but you do know that he's not a true white belt. No, no. I just, didn't you just hear me say that? (laughs) Yeah. Didn't I reiterate? So now you're going to reiterate the point I reiterated that you had already iterated. Well, you're, you're, you're framing it as if he's like, has this huge deficiency on the ground. No, I, no. I just said, didn't you just hear me say, we've all been in class with white belts. If Justin Gaethje came into a class, 
you're going to be 100% sure he is not a white belt. You heard me say that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not... Okay, so I yeah, you don't need to make the point. I made that point. What I'm saying that I was trying to say after that is if Josh made a phone call and someone told him that, if, we, if Josh Thompson's word is to believe, it shows that he is not training the amount of jiu-jitsu that we would... That he would expect out of a fighter having him spoke to one of the fighters who trains up there. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's a true white belt that I'm going to see in class on, on tomorrow night. Yeah, makes sense? Just, it makes sense, but just, I guess, the semantics of that sort of name that gets thrown around. There's, yes. It, it gives it has people an, a lot of confusion. Yes. I understand what you're like, saying. Oh, I I'm a white belt, so I could. Or oh, I'm a blue belt, or maybe I could, like, you know, maybe I could bust up Justin Gagey on the ground. It's like, no, dude. No, dude, not. you're gonna get. You're <laughs> gonna get. Yeah, you're gonna get pinned. You're probably gonna get cradled, and you're probably gonna tap from something that maybe yeah. isn't even a jiu-jitsu submission. No. But or if he does I'm, know I'm a couple, I'm, I'm sure he knows some submissions. I'm sure he, he does. That on you. I'm sure. I'm. So. You're not gonna see this kid saying that he's a white belt. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. I'm saying that Josh said that, and um, that meant something to me. But when when we come back, we will continue with where does Stipe and where does um, Francis Ngannou go from here. So we'll be right back on Life, MMA, and the NBA. soundtrack uh to rocky one the original and if you saw that movie you recall um rocky was walking by i think he was with the young girl and there was a group of guys standing around the trash can one of them was frank stallone rocky's brother uh which i think we all thought that he was singing that song maybe frank sang it but it was written by this gentleman named valentine and they're all standing around bottle of wine Trash cans on fire, and they're singing that song. How? What do you think oh, okay. of that, Nick Kazono? I gotta. I don't remember that scene, but it's been a long time since I watched the original Rocky. But 
You were digging the song. Oh, the song was cool. Yeah, the, the body like, language it was from the Rocky soundtrack. I was like, what? Yes, yes. Is that in the movie? And then you start describing it. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I'm, I want to. Oh, wow. I always want to surprise my co-host Nick with music and have him hear some. I didn't think you had heard that song by by uh, Genesis earlier. Turn it on. Actually, I have. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Was it good? Yeah, it's alright. Turn it on. Okay. It's alright. Right. Okay. It's okay. I, I will work harder okay. for the for the closing song. Nick. <laughs> I will work harder. So it's life, MMA, and the NBA. So much has happened in MMA. So much has happened in life, and so much has happened in the NBA. Uh, with all the trades, um, you know the 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 um, Brooklyn Nets get a little bit uh, stronger with the addition of uh, LaMarcus Aldridge coming over from San Antonio to join Blake Griffin, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, who was feuding and threatening to beat the hell out of uh, Michael Rappaport tonight uh, oh, okay. on Twitter. Yeah, uh, the great right. Michael Rappaport from uh, Copland, uh, if you guys saw that movie, among other movies. Interesting. Oh yeah, that it it got deep, man. Mike Mike may have stepped in it a little bit because KD was like giving him address. Give me, I give you a location. Um, give me a location. Yeah, I think we'd be remiss uh, 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 if we didn't talk about uh, the Lakers getting Andre Drummond from Cleveland. Thank you, Cleveland. This is for you. I'm doing my LeBron. Um, so Andre, was he in the Cavs or he was on the Cavs? He had come from Detroit. Former player from UConn out of Mount okay. Vernon, New York, Westchester. What's up, man? Mount okay. Vernon, mother. Um, so nice. I got love for Andre Drummond uh, coming to help bolster the beleaguered, the Anthony Davis-less, LeBron James-less Los Angeles Lakers. So. Okay. Rajon Rondo uh, helped the Lakers win its championship last year. He goes, signs for big money in Atlanta. Atlanta uh, trades him back to the Los Angeles Clippers. So now he'll be helping the Clippers. All over the place. I know, yeah. I mean, but you know what? I'm sure Rajon Rondo's telling his family, we're never going to make this kind of money again in our life. Hopefully he does, but... I mean, um, he made some good money in Boston, I'm sure, and I'm sure he's making good money now, so good for him, you know? Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's made... Some really good money, and um, these guys are, you know, uh, as we we discussed uh, earlier uh, on an earlier episode. These guys look like kind of ordinary guys. Like Rajondo Rondo looks like a sort of sort of semi muscular guy, and yeah, but he looks yeah. But Barack Obama talked about when he met Rondo, and Rondo <laughs> reached out and squeezed his hand, and he's just like, I knew I just got shook. Uh, because of the the strength of his hand, uh, yeah, these guys are not like your average guys. So uh, they deserve every penny. There's not too many six foot ten giants that can run around with the skills and the the touch and the athletic ability that these guys have. So, uh, so war to the NBA, man. A lot of I think some good stuff happened. A lot of the weaker teams sort of helped the stronger teams get a little bit stronger for the playoffs and, you know, got rid of a little bit of cap money. And, you know, now we'll, we'll see where it all shakes out, man. I mean, uh, I, I don't know 
like uh, one of my friends tonight was trying to debate with me about the Lakers chance. And I'm like, well, how do I know how LeBron's going to come back? How do I know how you can't just assume that they're going to come back and be even close to a hundred percent. We don't know that. How do you know that? Can you know, you can't know that like right now for the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are playing and they add Rajon Rondo to that, to that mix of players they had. So they're healthy. The Lakers have guys that are not playing. How LeBron has a high ankle sprain. AD had, I think a, a calf. I think it was a calf injury. Which you could say, like KD, that was an Achilles. We don't know what it is. We know what they're telling us it is. But if it's even close, we don't know how he's going to come back. Yeah, we, There's no way you can know that. And what kind of shape is AD going to be in? Um, it, it, it's, it's touch and go for the Lakers. But they got better with Drummond, assuming these other guys come back. They have not played well without LeBron and AD. Let's just say that. So Yeah. I know you're losing two absolute monsters, but speaking of two other monsters, uh, Nick. So let's go back to the UFC. Okay, so Stipe, if you are Stipe's manager, what do you think he should do if Nick Cazono is his manager, and what do you think he will do? What would you want him to do? I mean, I think what the manager is suggesting and what he wants to do would probably go. Hand in hand, I think they'll they all would probably come to agreement. Okay, you're the manager. Rematch. You're the manager. I know. If I'm the manager, it's kind of hard because I, I know probably for a fact, not really a fact, but I have a hunch that the UFC probably will not go for a rematch with Nganu. They're, they're not going to. Fact, they're not going to. Just not now. The, no, and like, yeah, it's probably not. Right. So what other match would he obviously he wants to win his belt back. So what's the best way for him to win his belt back that isn't a rematch that will kind of Does he? I don't know. I mean if he doesn't then he should just retire. No, I'm saying yeah, I mean I don't know that he does I mean I guess we could assume that he does. Maybe he wants Yeah. Yeah. I mean he tweeted out that He did? He tweeted out that you know, he wasn't, he didn't really allude to the fact that he was going to retire. He tweeted out that he wanted to kind of just take rest time. up and get, take time off and get back in there when, when, when the time's right or whatever. So he's not retiring then yet. He's not he's retiring based on that tweet, but I mean, that's only, or uh, it was Instagram post or whatever, but who knows? But I mean, he's probably going to leverage, you know, the rematch, but he's probably going to get it. So what, who does he fight to get him close to uh, to rematch? You know, I mean, Say John Jones, say John Jones can't come to agreement with, with with uh, Francis fight, and so maybe they give it to Derek Lewis or whatever. They, yeah, well, well right? what I, what I was gonna say is, you know, if if John Jones does get the fight, then you know it's gonna be Derek and Stipe, right? Yeah, but say he doesn't, say he doesn't okay. get the fight, so they can't come to terms or whatever. But he still wants. He's already he's already recompositioned his body to be a heavyweight, so it's not like he could just like whatever just. All of a sudden, <laughs> drop the weight, or, you know. Oh, John. All of a sudden, just yeah, he's already recompositioned his body to to be a heavyweight. So you figured he's gonna want to fight at heavyweight. So if he if he can't come to terms in agreement with a Engano fight, I mean maybe 
maybe give him a Stipe, you know, have Stipe fight John Jones. And if Stipe could beat John Jones, I mean, that's a damn good reason to give him a rematch against oh, Ngannou. my God. Right? Yeah. John Jones is going to be a monster at heavyweight, man. Yeah. So if he could beat John Jones, and I mean, that's a good fight for Stipe to take anyhow, just for, I mean, legacy and just anything like that. I mean, to be like the the goat of heavyweight as far as the current uh, MMA landscape. I mean, if you fight John Jones, man, I mean, who else do you need to, I mean, who else does he need to fight right now currently in the division, you know, the, to be Who's in the top the 10 for, I'll bring up the UFC top 10 heavyweights while you're talking. Yeah. I mean, so, so I think that would be great. I mean, who know, I mean, you know, a lot of, a lot of factors have to sort of fall into place for that to happen, but you know, say, Yes, they just can't come to terms with with uh, Francis and John Jones, but they wanna they wanna strike while the iron's hot with Francis. So it's like, hey, Derek Luce is probably a game. We could we could do that. I think that I think that rematch will be a lot better than their first fight. I think Derek Lewis will and Ngano, I think will start to I think they'll engage a bit more. I mean, you know, none of those okay. guys wanted to have a repeat of the, the Here, performance they did. Initially. Here's what I'll we go got. Ahead. Let me tell you what we got. Okay, so Francis is one, Stipe's two. Then you have Derek Lewis and Blades. Blades, he could pro- he could knock Blades out, but it would be a very dangerous matchup. Cyril Gane, man, nobody's yeah. going to want to fight that guy. No. In the, he is so dangerous. He might be fighting Volkov. If Volkov I'm, would be a good fight. Yeah, that, that he is. So all he, he would be very dangerous for Stipe. Volkov, I don't think would be particularly dangerous for Stipe. Jarzinho could be, and that guy Chris Dalkus, I guess he's a. I think uh, Gina said he's a PD officer from Philly. Okay. Um, he's eleven and three. He's dangerous. Uh, he's but won like, his last three. What name? So, I mean, like you got to look at. Yeah. Obviously, the matchups make sense too stylistically, but you got to look at the name value too. I mean, you really. Do you really see? I mean, if I'm his manager, I'm not going to take a fight with even a Volkov, let alone no, a, you're right. a, a you're gone. Right. I mean, I I need a fight that will be like, obviously make him some money, well, and will like a fight that could be like, oh, okay, he beat a John. I mean, even I mean well, a, a Blades. Well, if let's they, if they let's look. Let's Jones. look at it. He has three guys that he could pretend that they're going to offer him. You have Derek Blades and Cyril Gunn. I mean, that's that's it. That's it. Yeah. So I don't see that happening. Any one of those guys would be very, very dangerous for Stipe. Yeah, and the, that's just—it's just not worth it for him to, to take a fight like that. But he—I mean—he's not going to have a choice unless he gets the winner of Francis and whoever whoever wins, and that's if the UFC wants to play it that way. And you know how you know what assholes Dana is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna decode. Dana's statements uh, in a minute. All right, let's move on to Francis and John. So now, basically, we don't really need to talk about Francis, really, because Francis is going to fight whoever they want him to fight. But if you want, you can say Dana's statements, and I will decode them for the audience relative to the John Jones fight. Go ahead. I don't know what Dana's statements, like, off the top of my head. I don't know, I mean... Call Hunter Campbell. If you want the fight, call him right now. We'll make it happen. Guy that wants to fight is going to make the call. 
But you know what he's really saying? And then John, and then John Jones said he wants more money. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, guy that says that doesn't want to fight. If you really want to fight, <laughs> you're just going to call Hunter Campbell and we'll make the fight. That's all you got to do. So you want me to translate that? Translate that, yeah. That means, I'll tell you what, kid. You're not getting paid a goddamn dime more than we're already paying you. Okay? <laughs> and you think we're going to break the bank to fight this uh, Nganu? Ain't going to happen, kid. <laughs> That's Dana. Um, what that's saying is, okay, Dana's MO is this. Um, Nick, I want to, uh, let's say I'm Henry Cejudo. Yeah, I want to fight, uh, you know what? The King, uh, Triple C wants to become quadruple C. I want to fight, who did he want to fight? Volkanovsky. Uh, Volkanovsky, yeah. Oh, you do? Okay. Give us a call. Yeah, I want to make $10 million to become quadruple C. So that, that, because this, now he's saying this, but that's on the private line. Nobody's hearing that. So what he's saying on the open line is, I want to get paid. I want to fight Volko, but I want to get paid. And I'm going to have four belts. And, um, and uh, Dana is like, you know what? Obviously, you don't want to fight. <laughs> no, no, I don't think if you understand what I'm saying. I do want to fight him. I want to get paid $10 million and I will fight Volko. Okay, kid. What I'm hearing is you don't want to fight. Because someone that wants to fight is calling Hunter Campbell. And Jesus Christ, we're going to make that fight. For forty thousand dollars, forty k, no questions 40K. asked, and you can keep the freaking gloves. <laughs> Dorino wants to go down to one forty five for forty k. To... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Dorino. No, 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 no shade towards Gilbert. Gilbert's great, but yeah, it's just no. You're damn right, Gilbert. And Gil... you know what? Great. A lot of Brazilians are do... somebody that was poor might say, "Hell yeah, I'll take the money." But what they have to see, and you saw Casey Lydon tweeted out, you saw uh, John um, John Nash. If these guys want to get paid, you're gonna have to come together and be men and say we're gonna we're gonna associate, we're going to unionize, or they're gonna do this shit to you every time, and there'll always be some dirt bag that will undercut you. That's what'll yeah. happen. It is what it is. There's always a young person that will fight. For nothing. So until it hits the UFC in that wallet, I wish I had a wallet here to flash. <laughs> uh, you guys can do this. You have to think collectively. If you want to be like LeBron and all the guys in the NBA and, and even Rondo, these guys that are getting $10.4 million to go over to Atlanta, whatever, and then come back to LA. It's because they eventually said, you know what? We're getting screwed as individuals. We have to bargain collectively with this league. You have to show that you're the best, and all the best guys are going to have to get in on it. Fucking Connor, stupid John Jones, Holly, everybody. Amanda, do you let me let me ask you what you think the chances are that Amanda Nunes would ever ever sign a union card to bargain with the UFC. I what are 
What are the percentage uh, are the chance? chance? Percentage? Yeah. 10%. Oh, not even. <laughs> not even. I'd say you're at one. Yeah. One I mean. percent. Because she thinks, oh, they take good care of me. I got to buy a house for Nina and my kid. And they don't understand. They should be making, you know, and obviously I'm sure she's, you know, well over a million dollars in her career. Uh, but they should be making that every single fight over a million and they don't they don't understand that and they the have no there. because the there to she, give them that she thinks that she has she has she thinks that she has power because two things have happened one she's kept winning there's nobody to challenge her and the train is going to keep on rolling by the time she becomes not good, we're, what, more than 24 months from now. And by then, she could have accumulated another million dollars in paydays. And by then, and she's probably, I know they bought a townhouse. She's probably, I'm sure she's paid off that townhouse. She's probably throwing money in the bank. I, I assume she's conservative with her money. And if she is, you know, she'll leave there fine. But... If she wanted to keep going, like, you know, like Adelia and some of these other fighters that want to keep going, Dana is, I'm telling you, you've heard me say it before, he is not going to take your call. He won't. Not when you're losing. No. He's the only people he's taking your call is if he wants to sleep with you or if you keep winning, one or the other. And that could be, that's not gender specific. It's just, you know. You know what I mean? I, from, it is what, yeah. Yeah, that's they, why I like Stipe because they he knows like him and his team know. Oh, like, he doesn't he believe in not no not on their side. They get it. They're mm -hmm. pretty open vocally about it to the public. So I just that's why I think he's probably going to retire. I don't I don't see him like you know going back to that subject matter is I don't see him I don't see him if he if he's probably not gonna get the rematch i don't see him fighting a volkov i don't see him fighting curtis blades just to get back at a title and even if he wins that fight he's not guaranteed to get a rematch anyway so okay so he has to fight two more times to probably get a rematch with Ngannou. It depends. it depends you know and obviously if he fights john well i i, I think Jones, i think then you could probably get him a rematch but yeah if john were to get in there and john were to beat francis I think he would want to fight Stipe. So he would he would actually be in an enviable position. And I see him having a couple more fights before he retires. Then he'll finish out his time at the fire department. And he'll go home from the fire department in 10 years with a nice check. Yeah. Where And he'll probably be an officer uh, by then uh, and high up in the department. And he'll go home with a nice retirement check and medical benefits for the rest of his mm -hmm. life. Yeah. And he will be if not the smartest fighter, uh, because we still have people like Jermaine Durandamy, absolutely brilliant. Stay with the police force. Put your time in. Go and fight as a as a quote fun hobby, and then mm -hmm. and then Jermaine will retire over in Holland with a with a nice retirement, probably maybe even better than what what Stipe would have, just because she's in uh, uh, a quasi Scandinavian Germanic country. She's probably going to have a very nice retirement from the police there. So, um, that, those are the smart people. Yeah. The people that think that they are going to make their fortune, uh, on the UFC and then retire. 
you are very, very few people. So Amanda, um, Amanda, Stipe, whatever he's put away, the millions of whatever he's put away. Who else? Uh, um, Dustin. Dustin made Dustin, pretty good money probably in that last Connor fight. Dustin probably, Got yep. And he's going to take night. another Dustin, another Connor fight. So, yeah, who else? Uh, I mean, Nate Mighty did Mouse. well. Mighty, Mighty Mouse. Mouse. Yeah, yep. Nate did well. Nate Diaz did well with the Connor fight. Nate did and pretty he well. Probably, he probably did pretty well in the um the Masvidal fight as well too. Good point. Good point. So so Nate, uh, Max, Max. I think Max will. I think Max. Ah, uh, well, yeah, Max he, will he probably do lot, pretty well. Man. Yeah, fought a lot. And he had probably a lot of bonuses and stuff. So yep, Max will probably do pretty well. Uh, Overeem. Overeem, Faber. Faber, Faber retired. I mean, he's got his own. Faber's a little know. bit different. He's had a business for so many years. Yeah, but you're talking about just like exclusively from the UFC. Yeah, right? that those are Faber's a good one. But if you're looking, I mean, we should be talking about the top five or ten in each weight class. Yeah, but if I look at the top ten in heavyweight, I have. Well, the top three, I mean, these guys probably make a lot of money. But the rest of the guys, Gane, Volkov, Rosenstruck, Dacus, Sakai, Olenek, Ivanov, Tybura, not even close. Tybura should yeah. be ranked higher than 12th. My yeah. God, that guy's well, he, really yeah, good. Yeah, he is. He is really he, good, Tybura. He just beat, yeah, he beat Greg Hardy, Rothwell, and Maxime Grishin. So, yeah, yeah he's good. Um, so yeah, I mean, if we go to light heavy, uh, what the hell is this close? Um, if you go to I mean, light Izzy, heavy, Izzy, I think will do well because he understands. Izzy, he understands Izzy. because here's here's why I say Izzy because he goes, I'll go in. He knows there's a short window for him to sort of make his money and then leave. So he's like, I'm gonna go in, make my money, and leave. He, he's not gonna. I don't see him staying around, and you know, maybe, maybe he, ha maybe he has a, you know, extravagant. Not doing an like, Anderson style. Silva. Yeah, Is I don't it? see him doing Anderson Silva. Like he understands, like, because he got into the game late. I mean, he's in his like 30s and stuff, so he's had quite a bit of fights. So he understands, like, I'm just gonna go in, make my money. He, I think he's quoted of saying this before, like, even starting the UFC. He just wants to get in and get out, make his money and get out. So that's why he's doing all this sort of stuff to get attention or anything like that. So, Man, Blockowitz has already had 16 fights in the UFC. Damn. Believe that? That's crazy. It's a lot, man. Uh, yeah. But other than that, well, you, you have Glover uh, below Israel. The, Israel's ranked oh, number I mean, two. Eight fights. He's yeah. Israel's miss, ranked so number two. Which, Israel's ranked number two in light heavy, which is absolutely light ridiculous. Heavy. Yeah. There's no way he should be That's ranked stupid. there. Uh, Glover is going to make no. money. Dominic, no. Uh, Jerry Prohachka, no. Alexander Rakic, I don't think, no. Thiago Santos, no. So, yeah, I don't think any of those guys are going to walk away rich. So the point is is that, is that um, you have to understand that the reason we all brought this up is that you've got to get your money because you're not – you need to organize because, first of all, for you, you might see it, but the fighters behind you are going to do a lot better because right now the UFC – 
I don't know if you saw this uh, article. Uh, Dana, not Dana, but um, Ari Emanuel is looking to buy the 40% of the UFC that he doesn't own to, to get a... Uh, I mean, he's already a majority owner, but he wants to buy up all the rest and become like sole owner. So they like it when you have an 18% overhead. I shouldn't say that. When you're, you have an 18% payroll uh, of your gross earnings go to fighters, that's awesome. Any league would take that. It's fifty. It's like fifty-one percent of the NBA goes to the the players, and like forty-nine to the owners. You know, uh, and the yeah, the I NFL so. I think is fifty-fifty. You know, just because by virtue of the think, fact uh, they have a lot more players. You know, fifty-two man yeah. roster. So, I think like John Nash or Luke Thomas, somebody along those lines said like, you know, it's probably never going to be like a fifty. You know, it's not, not an even no, split no. with the revenue. But, but 35%. Like, even like 30, yeah, 35, 30 yeah. would be, you know, a fair a fair distribution. Well, I think what they're and saying they is that's bad, a start. So. It's a, you know, you have to, if, if you, you know, if us, you know, as people who love and revere the fighters are thinking that it's going to be a 50-50 split, that's not going to happen. If we got 30 or 35% no. would be... A good goal or a good first start and then as revenue bill as the ufc gets creative in how it brings in revenue and starts to make more money then they would the, the fighters would bargain in the next contract for a larger stake and that's when you start striking but and just, things like that just think of it this way though so say they go to 30 percent, right and then these fighters instead of working a day job to train Mm-hmm. They could actually train full time, and if you're able to train full time, and you're not worried about your bills and working other jobs, I mean, you're able to promote yourself just because yes. you have more time. And the fires themselves could think of just different ways to promote themselves and connect with. I mean, they'll be more inclined because they have more free time, essentially, because they are not worrying about other these these other factors that have nothing to do with like their training. And so they have more time, therefore they'll hopefully can, you know, put that into sort of marketing themselves and putting themselves and everything like that. Well, so I think well, it, well let, let's talk it, about why that's important. It It's more it's for so them important. to focus on marketing. The UFC, do you think the UFC wants to to promote them outside of a particular fight or not? No, they're not going to want to do that. Why? Because why? Because mm-hmm. they'll they'll give them more leverage to. Yes, it increases their value. It increases their, value. their relative yeah. value to the to the when promotion. They don't have a fight coming up. Right. So they only want to promote when they want people to buy pay per views. Other than that, you want the name. That's why you don't want all this individual stuff, all this individual branding and imaging. That's why you're gonna have Venom, and every and UFC emblazoned all over everything. Because the more that these fighters have a profile, the more bargaining power they have, a la Paige Van Zandt, et cetera, et cetera. They don't want that. So that's why these fighters have to work very hard to raise their profile. So with that, uh, let us move on uh, to the next fight to somebody who had a big profile as a former champion in Tyron Woodley 
that came out and experienced a great loss to uh, got knocked out by Vicente Luque. Yeah, submitted. Even though uh, my girl Gina calls her calls him Vincent, it's okay. Uh, I know Vicente because my wife has a friend from Brazil named Vicente. So anyway, what do you think? That fight? Yeah, what did you think of, I mean, uh, obviously Woodley got knocked out. I missed it, so was it a smoke show? He got submitted. Oh, that's right. It was the... uh, the, um, Anaconda choke. Anaconda choke. Yeah, it was beautifully. Yeah, but I mean, he got, I mean, you know, he got knocked down and then he, Luke slapped on that submission and and tapped him out. But yeah, I mean, it's just... the game of MMA is, is very brutal and everything, and you know it's it's a it's a tough it's a tough uh, atmosphere to be in, especially when you're at the top. Because when you're at the top, you're fighting everywhere. You're fighting just killers, and so you lose to all these killers, and then you sort of take a step down fight, which you're still fighting a killer that just isn't at the top five yet, and you lose to him. And man, it's just. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what, it's what tough. do you it's... what do you see? What do you see for Woodley's future? I don't really want to talk about Luke because he's a yeah, really good fighter. He's well rounded fighter. Yeah. He'll keep moving up the ladder. Next, yeah, he, he'll be. Do, what, yeah, he'll yeah. Be fine. If he fights, you know, J- Jeff Neal or somebody like that, he could be in trouble. But, yeah, it'd be great. But yeah, go he's, ahead. He's, what, he's, what do you What do you think? Uh, about... I mean, it's it's it's. The, I mean, is it over? It's over. It's. I mean, it's over the fact that he. He's not going to get – it's over for him in the UFC. The UFC is not going to pay him what he normally gets, especially after four lot, what's four losses in a row now. Mm-hmm. So even if they s- still keep him, he's not going to get paid the same as he, as he was before. That's if he still wants to keep fighting. Now, if he still wants to make money and still make maybe around the same amount of money he was making in the UFC, I mean, Bellator would be a great option potentially. And, you know, he could maybe make a decent career out of fighting Bellator if he has, say, four more fights in his career. Mm-hmm. And he wants to make as much money as he can. Right. You know, good, a good Bellator point. or one would be a, a good a good option for him. But as far as him being still in the UFC and still fighting for them, that's over. That's not going to happen. I just don't see it happening. So does, either, you know. Okay. Does Bell, in your estimation, does Bellator want people like this at this point? I don't know. That's a good. I mean, that that's another good question too. I mean, are they are, are they willing to to pay premium dollar for a fighter that really isn't the caliber as he used to be? I mean, can he bring in? Well, my justification would be if they do sign him, they think that he's going to really bring in more eyes to their brand. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. I don't know how much of a pull Tyron Woodley is. I mean, he's a is a he's a big name for the hardcore, but how is he a name? towards just you know fans in general i mean is he really that popular of a guy i mean all of us know who he is but people you know just casual fans i mean do you really know who he is so i don't know Bellator might not even sign him but then again i think one i don't know how their welterweight division is in one but one might you know he might make maybe sign a couple fights over in one and he might make some pretty decent money over there they might have the the revenue to sort of fork it over and kind of, I mean, I could see him being actually a pretty big star over in Japan, even in Asia and everything like that. So, I mean, that could be another option for him, but as far as his UFC career, it's, it's done. It's just, it's unfortunately, it's just, he had to win that fight 
in order to, in order to just to stay afloat and he lost pretty bad granted he came out guns a blazing i mean just as his performance it's good to me as a fan and i'm sure a lot of other fans have kind of felt the same way it's just you know the worst case scenario would hit was for him to just be tentative backing up and just just take a you know just to take the brunt of the assault from luke which didn't really happen i mean he had his moments mm-hmm. and everything he went for takedowns i mean he was aggressive so he really did try to right the ship and sort of implement a game plan that a lot of fans wanted him to do so it just it just got a little wild and he got caught in a wild exchange and luke was just the better guy so but at least he went at least he put forth the effort that fans wanted him to do in order to get a win but but... you know if will was here tell me what will would be saying right now about that performance no yes you would probably critique the the recklessness of his approach no no what does will always come back to wrestling and grappling will would say he he, used that though he He didn't wrestle He, did you watch the fight? No, I didn't. Did he? See, that's why he wrestled, man. He really? Used everything. Yes. He took him. He went for a takedown. <laughs> he or? went for a takedown. He went for a bunch. He shot really. He shot, he shot early. He clinched. He had a double. He had a body lock on Luke. Uh huh. He, he watched the fight. He did. No, he did. I, I, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. I didn't see it. I he went. For I takedowns. didn't hear that. Okay. Oh, he. Well, I don't. I don't know who you heard it from, but no, okay, that's fine. He went for takedowns. He tried takedowns. He couldn't do it. He couldn't get takedowns. He landed some good shots. He he rocked Luke. He went in. It got wild, and you know, once he once he hurt, he actually hurt Luke. I think first, and he went in. He went in to finish, and then he just got reckless and wild, and his hands were down, and he was firing wild. And there's a lot of wild stand-up exchanges and everything. And that's and then Luke clipped him. It was wild. It was a good fight. You should That's watch really it. It was really entertaining. He went for takedowns. He wasn't just like, I'm just going to knock this guy out. because I'm Okay, I'm, no, I'm good. Then I'll, you know, then, then I'll shut saying, my like, damn mouth. <laughs> you got to watch the fight, fool. Well, I, I, man, I, I know, man. You got to watch I, the fight, bro. Man, I'm going to tell you what. Shoot. You, I ain't did nothing. All right. <laughs> all right. It was good. I mean, he used, okay. in all seriousness, he, he, he actually came out for a takedown like straight off the bat he went for a takedown so he used all of his skills he tried to get takedowns just couldn't get him he, he clipped you know he hit did he Luke take a, a nice shot or was he like reaching it looked nice did he take his a... entries were good yeah he, he got he had... did he get deep on on lucas hips he did and then he got uh body lock he likes to do a body lock against a lot of guys he had a body lock on luke Hands clasped, they were against the cage. He was trying to get it taken. He likes shooting a body lock. This is safe, <laughs> but you know, yeah. you know, you you have to have a specific skill set to get a takedown from there. So I, he I'm, does that a lot, though. He goes for that takedown a lot. Actually, hopefully, yeah. Lock. But how many does he land? I mean, he doesn't look. I bet you, if I get the stats on his UFC takedowns, it's not a lot. Um, so I don't. You know what? At the bottom line, I'm not going to critique his performance. At this point, it's like uh, I don't want to use the 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 uh, dead horse metaphor. I just want to say that I feel bad because I love Tyron, and I'm thinking back to he and Dean Thomas 
on their podcast interviewing the late Kimbo Slice and just being like, bro, like we wish we could get the black audience to come out for MMA the way you can. We wish we could touch people the way that you can. Basically, I'm paraphrasing what they said to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how where Tyron was at in his career when they had that. It was called Morning Wood was the name of their uh, his podcast and honestly like not to, sorry to cut you off but no man, that's he okay, had a man. lot of he had a lot of hype with his win against Darren Till and he was like if he would honestly if he would have beat Usman he probably would have been that guy because I remember yeah, like he would have all the media I mean Luke Thomas is a big fan of Woodley and he's like oh man Woodley after he beat Till he's like all right Woodley's finally hot you know UFC's like they're, they're kind of he was on good terms too with the UFC when he when he beat Till. Mm. So they weren't really apparently apparently. I mean, someone like with with I don't uh, think they like Woodley, but that's okay. I mean, it was better than before, and I think according to Luke, granted he has more inside. He does. Sort of he does inside information on that. It's according to him, the UFC and Tom really were on good terms after that win that at he that had point. with Till. That makes sense. At that point, so it was like. I remember Luke being like, and people were like, oh, it's all about Luke Thomas. What? Well, I remember Luke was just very excited with, with Tom Woodley. He's like, he's finally, he's finally, uh, he had a great win. Um, he's in good terms UFC. And all of a sudden, like, he's like, he's almost at like the, the train's moving with him. You know, he's got good momentum and everything. And then, you know, if he would have beat Usman, because Usman just derailed all that momentum that he had. But if he would have beat Usman, I feel like he would have. He could have been. He could have. That could have been him. If he would have beat Usman, man, and then maybe defending the belt again. Maybe he, he maybe fought Masvidal and just knocked his ass out. Boom. I mean, he would have. Honestly, he probably would have brought in a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, African American fans and and everyone, you know, and and all that sort of stuff potentially, you know, because he had a lot of momentum. But it's like that's the thing with MMA. You could you could have really great hype and finally have the recognition that you're going to get and everything but if you don't win and if you don't win at all if you can't yeah. win it's, it's just a, all it's, that effort's it's, just like it's it's pain. a it's a bizarre story and they indicated I don't know if it was Josh Thompson and John McCarthy and you'll hear me reference them they actually have a great podcast oh, those show. guys I like the they're, show a lot. they're tremendous um, even if Josh is annoying uh, because he can't admit he's wrong, uh, cleanly uh, admit. But um, um, I think they thought that T. Wood was into, probably into dad, had probably spent a lot of money, yeah. has several children and family members that he was looking after. And, you know, that puts a lot of pressure on him. Um, I, I'm like you, I don't think that uh, Bellator wouldn't not necessarily want to bring him in. He has a great look. Um, he has a great personality. That's why I really loved his podcast. Um, and he just struck people the wrong way. I think they talked about it that when you win the title and you're calling for you just win the title and you start calling for fighters that um, money fights and stuff, it kind of puts people off. So, uh, the, again, the way that George became famous 
and the way that George St. Pierre got to where he is today is because he took the best guys that were out there, he fought them, and he beat them, and then in many cases, he beat them again. And that's how true. And he said he actually said it himself. He said it recently on one of his interviews. Like in the last two or three weeks, he said this. And I said it earlier. I said it on our show. Is that George didn't go by calling out all these other weight class guys and and making these call outs to big money people. He did it by just beating everybody they put in front of him that was a top-ranked person, like Jake Shields, like John Fitch, like Josh Koscheck two times, you know, like BJ Penn a couple of times, et cetera, et cetera. He just mm-hmm. kept beating down those guys. It wasn't George calling out Anderson Silva and going and beating Anderson Silva or the guy that was below him or whatever at 155. So, yeah, I think the landscape of MMA was different now, too. But granted, I still think even if you have all these champ champs and people winning titles and going up, even if George was still was in that era, like the modern era of well, MMA, even if it was he was in that same landscape, I don't think he would do that either. Let, let me let that, me tell you temptations. Let ahead. me tell you how current it is. It's what John Jones did. The reason that John Jones is a legend. Yeah. yeah. Drug abuse notwithstanding is he beat every single top guy that came up. He didn't say, oh, I want a big money fight with this guy. I want a big money fight with that guy. He just beat every single person that came up for years. So I got to give that credit. See, people think like, oh, he hates John Jones. He's never going to say anything good about him. <laughs> okay. Not true. Um, That's how John Jones became John Jones. That's how Demetrius, he's modern MMA became Demetrius. I'm saying that's how MMA. Jose Aldo beat Jose Aldo. Uh became I mean, Jose Aldo. What I mean by modern MMA is the landscape right now as far as it's now like the thing to do, right? It wasn't a thing like I'm, for for to fight no, for another belt. I'm not saying it's not the thing to do. What George said is if you want to get my legacy, you know, he's saying uh these guys are calling me out, these young guys. He goes, "You can't take my legacy." You have to go out and make your legacy by beating the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. By you beating a 40-year-old George St. Pierre is not going to take away my legacy. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't give a shit if it's modern or not modern. That's how you become St. Pierre. That's how you become John Jones. That's how you become Demetrius Johnson. That's why those guys are legendary. And even Cejudo acknowledged... This guy won a lot of fights in this weight class. Way more than Henry did. Yeah. So that's how you do it, guys. It's you Take your weight class. Don't go calling out every schmuck that you think is going to bring you big money from another weight class. Because it's not going to do it. Here's the thing, man. If you don't give a shit about legacy. Oh, I said legacy. if. No, <laughs> if. You want to be George St. Pierre. John Jones. Yeah. Anderson Silva. Yeah. To me, then you got to go and do that. If you don't yeah. care, then... But you're not going to go beat a fucking 40-year-old and take their legacy. That's no, not going to happen. Izzy I'm did not saying. take Anderson Silva's legacy. Did not. My it point. Meant, it, you know how, my what it meant? Point. When Izzy... Bill, I'm not talking about your point. 
You know what, what it meant when Izzy beat Anderson Silva? This is a big fat zero. It meant nothing. My point is that if you don't give a shit about legacy... That, but then, you're you're making a different can argument. Can I finish my point? <laughs> you're making a different argument. I'm not arguing any... We're not arguing. I'm just no, but I mean, you're right. making a different point. That's a whole different point. I, I said first if of all, you... First I am, of all... I am reiterating... All, go ahead. First of all, I totally agree with what you're saying. Get it. Totally agree. Yeah, if you want legacy... If you want like, a legacy like a Demetrius Johnson... If, if you want a legacy of any great in this sport, yeah, you're going to have to clear out your division, right? But No, you're making you that matter of fact. It. But a lot of people think, no, but that's what George is saying. I they think by beating an old guy, you're going to... Which is not, that's, no, that's not it. Usman yeah. is not going to, he's not going to take it, man. No, no, no. He, he doesn't have even close to the amount of title defenses that George does. Yeah. That's yeah. My point is, yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Get it. You know, a lot of people maybe don't follow that because I think things get convoluted with champ champs. But if you don't give a shit about legacy, say you're, say you're Glover, right, and you win the title, right, you're not gonna, you're you're you don't have time left in your career to do a legacy. Like I'm gonna be a Jordan. He, I don't think in his head he's gonna be like. Oh, oh no, but be a that... George St. Pierre, right? Yeah, so, of course. I mean, that's just one example. It's not going to represent the whole point of what I'm trying to make is. But if you don't give a shit about legacy, do a champ champ fight, make as much money as you can, and then get the fuck out. I, like, I agree you know 100%. UFC, it's... If, you, if you know the UFC is not going to give a shit about you when your uh, athletic sort of abilities go downhill, and if you want to just make as much money as possible, like Derek Lewis, you know, he doesn't care about legacy. He just wants to make. A lot, a lot of, of money. money. I agree with you 100%. Right? So, we're talking two different points here. To, I know. We're talking two totally different things. I know. George was saying for Usman to call him out is fucking stupid. Oh, it's stupid. He's yeah. old. Yeah. You're not going to take George's legacy no. by beating George. No, you're not. Yeah. That's the fucking point is that yeah, pe yeah, yeah, people, yeah. you, you it's, can't. It's like no. Izzy. To, oh, I, took, I beat Anderson Silva. Great. I took his legacy. You didn't take nope. anything from Anderson Silva. <laughs> Nothing. You just all if, you took was just you got to win. You got to win. That's it. That's if it. you if you beat the 2004 Anderson Silva, I'm listening. I'm listening. That doesn't make any sense because 2004. <laughs> Where yeah. you don't have a time machine where you're like, all right, we got to get that computer we gotta, digits we're gonna, dialed we're gonna up. This 2004 we'll have somewhere. a weighted system for yeah. Anderson's Anderson's Muay Thai clinch. And yeah, Izzy, just... you know what? Izzy, what I saw a bit about Izzy is our worst fears were realized, and he has a lot to work on because what we saw, John Jones oh, would have, John Jones would have finished him. And would have made him look even, absolutely. Even it would have looked like on him. even. Oh God, yeah, even Glover would have. Glover would have been. Yeah, he's he's with Glover on top. It's a whole different. He would have been in big big he trouble. Um, but with yeah. um, but having said that, Glover is afraid to sell out for certain submissions. Uh, whereas John, his grounded Glover would have probably pounded him a lot. Glover is going to go for the arm triangle every single time, and if you don't give well, it to him, he doesn't really give up position either. Like, he won't give up. Like, he won't. He, he, he solidifies it like you're not he, going anywhere. You're not going anywhere <laughs> on top. Really... But but it would have looked like okay. 
John mm-hmm. Jones, from what we saw, John Jones fighting Israel would have looked like Khabib fighting Max in Madison Square Garden. Max yeah. would have gotten like embarrassed, and it really would have depended on what how Khabib felt about him. Because if Khabib was angry at him, he would have beat the shit out of him for five rounds. And if Max, if he wasn't angry at Max, he would have let him off easy like he did um, Gaethje or somebody like that. Exactly right. Because they have the same manager and all that stuff. And he probably didn't want to hurt Gaethje too bad. But, um, and, and by the way, I think Gaethje's kick hurt him pretty good. The he couple of kicks that he landed. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Yeah. So um, that's that's the thing. It would have been very, very bad for Max's career to get flattened out and just pounded on by Khabib. And you got to pray that he doesn't get a Kimura lock on you because if he does, you better fucking reach around and tap immediately because by the time he drags it to your back, you're going to look like Michael Johnson and you're never going to be the same again. Never. Yeah. Never. Um, but going back to John Jones, do you think yeah. what do you think's gonna happen with him if they can't agree? I I, I think John Jones will eventually cave and he will fight Francis for the amount of money that they want him to fight for. Because I don't think he has I don't think he really has another choice. Um he, he can't get out of his contract. He has... See, yeah. that, that goes back to the whole thing about the unionization. He has no power. All he can do is take whatever fight they want to give him in the heavyweight division or if they're playing Joe Silva tactics, he says, I'll see you in 12 months from now and I'll offer you the same fight. <laughs> Does he do that? It's Josh Thompson, <laughs> yes. He said Joe Silva would call you and say, do you want to take this fight? And you say no. And he said, okay, I'll I'll talk to you in about 12 months was when I'm contractually obligated to offer you or six months and I'll offer you the same fight. By then, you've used up six months worth of money, right? They're not getting yeah. paid every week. Yeah. What if your kid has to go to the doctor? You wreck your car. You know, any kinds of things can happen. Yeah. So they, they have no power. They have no bargaining power. So John will John will will say these things. He'll stomp his feet. He'll go, and then he's gonna cave. Do I like that? No, I don't like John. I don't like the UFC. And John's right. He should get to bargain for more money, but you don't get to do that when you have no bargaining power. When you're a single entity, trying, like, how are you gonna bargain with the UFC? You can't. How? You have nothing. You're under contract. He's tweeting like, oh, just cut me now. Like, I'll just just cut me now. Yeah, Yeah. we've heard that before. They're not. They're not going to cut you ever if they want to. They could. I don't know what the terms of that contract are. I think Luke has seen one. I haven't seen one. I would love to see. I would love if Larry could get his hands on a contract. Um, I'm sure it's crazy. (laughs) You, you, yeah. I mean, they, they can have him. Five years from now, still Misha's still under contract. Even though, yeah, even though we were, you know, we were going to talk about that Misha Tate coming back, but even though she was working for one and had to leave Singapore because of the restrictions on her and her family, um, she can't fight for one. Yeah, I think they mentioned that she was 
she was thinking about like one was like maybe he could do a, a grappling sure a grappling Everybody match can. or whatever but like yeah she, roxy did a grappling con- match yeah but it was under it was for um it was for, for one. fight pass fight, fight no it was for pa- fight pass yeah whatever i mean but like you know fight pass is under ufc so therefore you could do a grappling match for fight pass but one's not under one's not under fight pass they're no, different one is not so yeah her doing a grappling match in one would would uh conflict with uh, with her contract with ufc still so she couldn't even do a she couldn't even do a grappling who the fuck's she gonna grapple with she's gonna grapple anyone with... in japan she's yeah. a great grappler there's a lot of great female oh, grapplers in japan yeah i'm sure there's a lot better grapplers than her that are that are focusing on grappling only oh, now we'll sure. get into the whole conversation about UFC guys grappling against people that grapple all the time. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah. all the matches I've seen, they don't look good. No. Okay. They don't. They, they they don't look good. Joe Lozon is a great grappler and he was made yeah. to look stupid by Dylan Dennis. And we could go on on and on and on with people there like are Gordon some Ryan. Outliers but that did well. Like uh Chad Mendes did a submission fight with uh what's this? Um Glover. Eight was it AJ? No. No, it was Glover. The guy that does a donkey guard. What's his face? Oh, Jeff Glover. Yeah, Jeff Glover. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He submitted Jeff, Jeff Glover. Gl- so he did not, did he? He did. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, but Jeff he did, Glover. He did fu- like uh, Jeff but Glover. It was like fucks around all the time. He's always playing. But like, around. no, it was uh, but just just hear me out. Just so it was like, um, submission only. Submission underground. Yeah. But it was like those rules, right? It's and in then the like cage. if it goes over time, you, you start like on the back or whatever. And then yeah. you have to like escape or whatever. So he got he started on the back and got a rear naked choke. Yeah. On Glover. So I mean you put like Jeff Glover. You put most of those guys in there with a really good grappler, the Meow Brothers or Kyotera, they're gonna it's not yeah. gonna look good. It, oh, it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. and and Misha would not stack up well against uh, a lot of the girls that are on the no gi circuit. Yeah. Uh, how how do you think uh, Gordon Ryan is going to do in MMA? Oh, I think he'll do extremely well. We talked, me and Will talked about that. I think he's a different animal than we we spoke about uh, Hadolfo Vieira, and that I yeah. think Gordon Ryan is a lot more uh, fight savvy, smart. He won't wear mm-hmm. him, himself out. The reason that, you know, it's so bizarre to get. Can you imagine a blue belt in any academy you've ever been in? tapping Hadolfo Vieta. I mean, yeah. how insane that is. And it's just that Gordon Ryan won't care how he beats you. He's going to, he's going to, you're going to be terrified when he gets near you. It's going to be like Khabib where people are like running away from him. People are, you know, scared to unleash offense because they're afraid he's going to grab him. He's going to get a hold of you. And when he takes you down, you, he doesn't even know what submission he wants. The problem with Hadolfo Vieta is he was going to force one submission, and he was not going to capitulate on that. He was going to get that arm triangle, and there was nothing that was going to change his mind that that was a submission to go to when there would have been 17 different submissions he could have done. Yes. Gordon Ryan will attack any one of those 17 that you give him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and Vera wasn't the best uh, energy sort of sufficient person either he you know he, he was very labored in his takedowns and he, he used a lot of energy to get the takedown and who's vera keep his oh, Vieta. okay yeah. well yes but but when he had the guy on the ground he's scram he's on to he's scrambling 
and he's going for one submission yeah, instead of just big. he it he could just sit on top of a guy and a guy can't move. Yeah, but he decided not to do that. He decided I'm gonna get I'm gonna rush it, and I'm gonna get I'm going for one submission only, and I'm gonna go as fast as I can get it so I can get out of here and go have a pizza. But Gordon Ryan is gonna let you hang yourself, and that was the problem. I mean, there's no way he would have. If he would have just rode on top and rode mount, hit him a little bit, rode mount, rode mount, landed a couple strikes, they would have got up, went to the corner, he would have shot a double again, took him down again, rode yeah, mount. Back to like Gordon Ryan, my my only thing with him is he's not like, I don't know how many matches you've seen of his, but he's not the best takedown artist. He like pulls guard a lot. He has probably the best technique out of anyone in jiu-jitsu as far as like when he gets to a position like, you know, he could just do whatever the hell he wants to you. But amazing. getting into those positions that he has, that's my only concern with him in MMA. Like, you know, he could do it against mid-tier Japanese fighters. He could do it against, you know, whatever, not top 10, maybe UFC fighters. But if he ever wants to get into, you know, the upper, you know, the top 10 guys in the world at his, like, whatever, he's what, middleweight? So, you know, top 10 middleweights and everything. I don't know. I I think he's gonna be light heavy. I heard light heavy or middleweight is what I heard. So I mean, either either or. I don't think right? he, he looks too big to go to middleweight now. Before, before yeah, but now I don't think he's gonna How cut tall? that much. He's not that tall. How tall? Is well, he, he like started out at 185 in his career, and I he's he was much bigger. No, he's when he started out, he was 185. Was he really 185? Yeah, he started in, in EBI. Yeah, when he was a replacement, remember. He came in as a replacement yeah. for either for Eddie, okay. I think. Eddie or Gary, he came in as a replacement. Oh, Eddie and Gary, they're like lightweights. I know, but he entered the tournament. It didn't yeah. – it was no. I don't think there was a weight class in this thing. Yeah. So – I don't know. I didn't, think, I didn't think he was that big when he was skinny. I thought he was more like 170. But whatever. Okay, whatever. 205. I think that's I where just... – I mean well, he was going to fight Fabricio Verdum and yeah, Fabricio's yeah. 6'4 and 250. So. Yeah. Okay, you know, right. remember that? So, no, not really. But he was, uh, yeah, he was going to fight for Doom, and for Doom got hurt. Okay, yeah, all right. It was going to be. I, mean, uh, I don't remember if that was. Uh, I mean, the weight's not really around. an issue with me. It was just. Uh, no, my concerns is. He I don't can't know, get a takedown. He can't get a takedown, and he doesn't have. I don't think he's. He doesn't really. He's not like an explosive guy to really. No. Like like Jacare or somebody where he could just explode and get a takedown. He was very slick and he was very efficient with his movement. He's so, so much smarter than those guys, though. Yeah, he's just he's it's really just, smart. Yeah, I I think I, I assume he's going to work on his wrestling and he's going to be prepared for that. He's going to know the long tail of jujitsu guys that couldn't get a takedown in MMA. You are fucked if you cannot yeah. get if you if all you have is that. I mean, that's why Gary's striking is so good. You know, Gary. Has you know primarily struck with people, uh, but Gordon is but so Gary's much like scrappy though. It is jujitsu, right? Oh, he, Gary's he athletic. He's athletic. Downs. He's beautiful. Yeah, but like he's more of a scrappy. Like he mm-hmm. he forces kind of things, and you know there's a lot of sort of uh, movement with him and everything. So that, that 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 kind of style I think lends better in MMA, where you kind of have to force some positions. You can't just have this perfect opening to like kind of go inside and gonna get underneath them and all that so especially what 
you know what they know what you're going to do they're going to be aware of that <laughs> so my only concern with Gordon is him not being able to either get a takedown or be in a position where he could implement you know his strengths and you know I don't know if he could take a hit <laughs> you, don't know. you don't know you know he gets hit really hard I don't know oh yeah I mean that that I mean that's, that's an unknown another... I'm, I'm going to say this without knowing anything because neither of us know anything about what he's training, how much he's trained, how he's looked when he's sparred. So neither of us know anything about correct, that. Correct. I'm going to say for me, if I had to put my money, my money's on yeah. Gordon Ryan. In I what? think he's... Ex- In what though? Like what does that mean? My, my money is on him being very successful because he is willing to take anything that you give him and turn it into submission where we have seen a lot of guys come into MMA and they're looking for very specific submissions gordon has no fear he has what no other, fear what other jiu-jitsu guy forces a submission well let's see jacare would do the same thing he would try to force arm what triangle you, what, what, type really arm yeah triangle? uh so jacare wasn't good off his back he was i mean he was grounded and pounded by luke uh among other people yeah. um he was trying to force very specific submissions like arm triangle for example you don't see him do a lot of arm bars from top. Um, no, you do actually. You do. He armbarred. Uh, what's it? He armbarred quite a few people. I remember he armbarred. There was a late replacement, and he like check. just easily armbarred this guy. Like, who was who a black belt as well? So he's had some armbar submissions. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm giving you my opinion. I've seen him on his oh, back. That's fine. I've seen him on his back, and I've seen a lot of situations. I. Um, I mean. I believe you with that. I don't think he, you know, has the best guard for MMA. Yeah, I'm I'm looking for him here, Jack Hinaldo Jacare. Okay, so we could see. I'm just curious to see here. what other jujitsu guys force. Yeah, so look at his last like ten fights: KO punches, decision split, decision split, KO punches, decision split, KO head kick, TKO. He had a Kimura against Tim Boach. And that was four years ago. And then five years ago, TKO, decision split. He had an arm bar against Chris Camozzi. Chris Camozzi. About That's six years ago. Yeah. I'm not saying that he can't do anything. I'm saying, and Chris Camozzi, I mean, not the very high level fighter, but I don't but he's find his, I don't find his jujitsu, I don't find his jujitsu or a lot of these guys to be. The way Gordon proved, oh, you think I can only heel hook? No, oh, I agree with that. Let Definitely. me show you. Um, I can. I will hit an arm bar on you. I will hit a triangle on you. Yeah. I no, will I, hit I, uh, any number of different submissions on you. No, and I, I, I agree with you I, on that. I just when you said like there's other guys that just force submissions, I'm like, Whoa, there are, there are, other. there's a lot of guys that are like that. All the all the Novonyal guys do that. Every all of them. Okay. All of them do that. All they will not lay for an armbar because they're afraid you're going to get on top. And Fair and enough. how many of them okay. have a bottom game? What? Leo Santos maybe? And even him, he just got knocked out from guard. Leo oh. Santos. You could have the best guard. Playing ever, an open guard. Have, you could still get knocked out. The guy <laughs> was standing. Yeah. I mean, he didn't even con- he controlled nothing. Yeah. He was doing an open guard. He grabbed one heel. I don't know if he was going for an X or it just was the, the, the list of guys who have no bottom game. And I'm going to tell you, 
You get in that situation with Gordon Ryan, you're in trouble. He is extremely confident in all of his submissions, and he's not afraid to go for anything. And what you yeah. give him, the, the, this is what I like, is that what you give him, he's going to go for. And we have so many guys that they'll see something, and I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go for this submission. And then you see guys like Tony Pettis that will go and hit a straight arm bar from guard. It was so beautiful the way he hit that on Benson Henderson. So beautiful, man. You yeah, see, I mean... you see Crone Gracie from side control. Oh my God. The most beautiful arm bar I've ever seen in my life is Crone Gracie from side control. Yeah. I, it happened so, it happened so you're fast. About, you're talking about Metamorris against, uh, Oh God. Souza, right. Against Octavio. who? Octavio Souza. <laughs> yes. He was world. He was world champion at the time too. Yes. I think he was IBJJF world champion. Yes. And, and yeah. he hit that. Oh he my that. God! It, it was beautiful. That's the most beautiful arm bar I've ever seen yeah, in my life. It was slick. And it was so fast. And the cameraman was so out of position. I wanted to kill him. Uh, yeah. But anyway. But I don't know. Um, I think Gordon. I think Gordon just wrote. I mean, probably wrap it up. But mm-hmm. I think Gordon will do well. I think he. I think he'll be more. He'll be his career. I think will be similar to Hodger Gracie's, where Hodger had a lot of success. I think right? he'll be better than Hodger was. I just Hodger had a lot of success, but he didn't. He wasn't like he's not fighting for you know Hodger didn't fight for a title, right? Well, I Hodger saw would lose against like maybe you know he Tim Kennedy beat him. A couple he other had guys beat him. he had Tim Kennedy's back for like five minutes and he couldn't get a yeah. naked choke. I mean, somebody like Crone Gracie, he has your back for five minutes, you're choking. In most cases, Gary Tonin, you know, notwithstanding, but he eventually got him. So. Yeah, I just don't see a singular like the whole specialist sort of people. Like I could see a specialist like in in stand up, you know, being a champion like Izzy, right? Who's more of a specialist in stand up? I just don't see a specialist in How about Khabib? <laughs> well wrestling, yeah. Obviously wrestling, sure. <laughs> no, it's not obvious. You said in stand up. So mostly, it, 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 it just right, name, depends. Me, name, name me another name me another grappler that's a champion. Specific grappling like Khabib is like he's like special. That guy's just special. Yeah, maybe it's say not GSP. Really... Know, maybe it. maybe Brock. No. Maybe Brock Lesnar. No. But maybe even... another specialist who's a jujitsu or wrestler. Just that's all. That's that's what they do. Who is a champion? Even top like three. Well, Demetrius's game was was based on that, but uh, he's to he's, large he's, degree. A, he's not just taking you down and submitting you. He's hitting you. He's oh my god, yeah. Oh, so okay. So when you say grappler man. or wrestler, grappler or wrestler or or, or, or submission or. person or wrestler, it doesn't matter. Champion. Their, their um, game plan is to take you down and either submit you or ground pound you. Not a lot. Yeah, think. Not a lot. No. Yeah. You're right. That's so a good point. I just based on that, I just don't think Gordon Ryan will. I think Gordon Ryan will be good. I just don't see Gordon Ryan going to UFC and fighting for a title and winning the champion. I don't even see him fighting for a title. I see him doing pretty well. I see him maybe being top five, beating some guys that are top five, losing against guys that are top five. I don't. I don't see him being uh, a champion. I could see him maybe being a one champion and killing everyone in one, but I don't know. I'm just. I have to see it to believe it. I. I. His jiu-jitsu is beautiful, but I mean, look at Mackenzie Dern. 
I mean, she 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 goes Good for point. anything, right? But her takedown game, not it's the terrible. Best. Terrible. Good point. That's a good point. I think I'll bet you a vegetarian be egg hers. roll. Vegetarian <laughs> egg roll on this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but... you, you, vegan egg roll even. I don't even think I have to have any animal product in there. Mackenzie um, <laughs> no, Dern, I mean, you're right. That's so, a good point. That's a really good point. Kron, so, Kron as well. You know, these, who's that? All these jiu-jitsu, Kron. Kron as well. I don't think, you know, I told you, you know, how. Kron is not, I mean, when you're fighting once a year, it's like, don't even talk. We, we don't even want to talk about you. I know we had our no, discussions on yeah, Kron. I knew like he wasn't going to be that great. Talk, just based on like that one takedown he tried, he did against uh what's his face Alex Alex Cazares. He he took him down and I'm like you know what Over. maybe take down Alex Cazares with that single leg. But you're not going to take down Cub Swanson no, or anyone else. I try that I try to get through that to Wills that he's not he's not wrestling enough. He's with the Diaz brothers and all their bullshit. And you have to, he, he needs to be working with the best wrestlers in the game and working on his takedown game. Because yeah. if he has that and he takes you down early in the fight, you're in trouble. You're if in you're going to do yeah. like getting tattooed by Cub Swanson for two and a half rounds and then he, you get, you know, you're on bottom, you're not going to get it. No. You know, it's not so. going to happen. Everybody's, you know, you're super sweaty. Uh, he was swollen in the face. He was just, he had thrown a lot of punches at that point. Uh, he had absorbed a lot of punches, yeah. clean shots from Cub, because he doesn't move his head. Yeah, but just getting back to the jujitsu thing, mm-hmm. I just think like most jujitsu guys don't have the best takedown game. Some of them have pretty good takedown game. So okay, you don't have the stand up yet. You might never get it. You have you might develop a decent takedown game, but you have an amazing submission game, right? So that skill set doesn't really bode well in modern or just in MMA in general for its championship in my opinion right so yeah Gordon Ryan has probably the best submission game we'll ever see right now in MMA right yeah, but I, at the his takedown game isn't the best at all he's not really an explosive guy but he's very fluent he's very just he knows his way around you know your body to to you know to hurt you oh, <laughs> as far man. as submissions Oof. right he's got a gazillion ways to do that but he has to get there in order to implement that so you, you make a really good point nick and you may have me rethinking my position on this um yeah. maybe i'm gonna rethink my position so but like say you're a wrestler though right you have great wrestling like khabib or a brock lesnar or, khabib or with, you know jordan yeah. burroughs if he ever goes to you know does MMA or something like that or ben Askren, you know like you could de- you know you have that that's kind of like a pretty good a game to you know implement in mma where you can just take the guy down boom take did, him did, down you did you struggle with it. did you see that heavyweight nca wrestler who tweeted francis hey i'm coming or some shit like that <laughs> no. no it's man, like that, dude man cool. you know i mean i'm all for uh wrestlers coming into mma i want more and more and more but i even think if you were to talk to like big john or or josh or anything it's like dude don't tweet shit at that guy until you've been in the cage and you fought yeah. the level of guys that he's fought. And, yeah. you know, do you, it's like, man. dude, do you think Cain Velasquez wasn't pretty damn good as a heavyweight wrestler in college? And he and he touched him once and KO'd him. Yeah, so, but Cain was not, I think, the same as what he was before. So, I mean, it, I think it was a diminished portion of Cain. 
that fought. Well, that's what him. that's what everybody's going to say who's a Kane fan. Uh, but, but do you, feel, do you and, think he was the I, the, the same I party? I think that the, I think that uh, this guy has shown that if he touches your face at certain a certain angle. He could put. He did it to Stipe, which I didn't I think mean, he yeah, could do. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I thought. He yeah, could do that, I but. mean, one one clean shot and it was over. That second shot, he didn't even need it. No. That hammer fist on the ground. That hammer fist was was brutal. Yeah. Um, bad. So, um, I don't think that played a role. I think Kane hadn't even shot his first takedown. He she figured he'd exchange with him a little bit, set him up, and he got touched, and it was over. That could happen to this NCAA wrestler. So, you know, yeah, until you've been in the cage yeah. with guys at this level, you know, I wouldn't be tweeting shit to the heavyweight champ. It's a nice tactic, but uh, I think Patrick Cummins thought the same thing. Uh, and then DC said, you know what? Um, <laughs> uh, you might have been really better in college, but I'm going to show you, you know. Uh, it's a different sure, ball game a, yeah, over here. Game. Yeah, Yoel Romero got touched by uh, Rafael Fejal Cavalcante and got put out when he was the best wrestler in MMA when he came in uh, after his wrestling career. So, yeah. you know, just calm gotta down. Stay in your lane, man. <laughs> huh? Cut, yeah, yeah, just. got to stay in your lane, man. Yeah, you know, I you, mean, it's good you're to be. 10 and 0, you're 10 and 0, and then you go to the UFC, yes. and then you fight yeah. two guys, N- and you beat yeah. them. Okay, now you can talk shit. Yeah, like, let, yeah. I mean, by all means, out, you're still in college, and you haven't had a pro fight yet. And you're calling um, out, like, the calling baddest out, guy. <laughs> calling out Francis. Um, I, yeah. You know, I would. Especially I would, Francis. Seems like a, such a nice guy. Totally. Three African champions, man. Nigerian. Yeah. In in Kamaru Usman coming to help and mentor and coach Francis, yeah, I couldn't cool. be more excited about that. Cool man, I really. That's why I'm like, you know, when Francis won, I was like, you know, he's a good guy. It's not like you know someone like Kobe winning or something like that. I I mean like, oh, I, I I couldn't even listen to his whole his whole diatribe of it. His I shouldn't say diatribe his story. On, on Joe Rogan because it was so sad what he went through two years I think it took him to get to Paris and being turned back a number of times and sent into the desert and having to fight and starved and thirsty and just in danger and it just nobody should have to go through that and frankly when he talked about his childhood and uh, not feeling love and feeling like he, he was empty. I mean, that's not something that, you know, a, a child should feel. And and you can never, you know, this, I hate to say it, this championship is not going to heal that wound. No. I mean, it's not. It, and there's just certain things. That's why, uh, like, I don't know if you saw the embedded videos, but there's, there's a part where he's, like, playing soccer with this little kid. He's like, I just love little kids. I think in him... You know, he had a, such a bad childhood. Just seeing like a kid have fun and him kind of being a part of it kind of made him feel a bit better. You know, maybe healed a bit. You know, filled that hole up a little bit. Maybe I don't know. Well, so, definitely make he, him feel better. It's just, it, you know, the childhood is so important <laughs> to a child. It needs to be something where they could experience innocence um, and not too much stress because that's going to come. When you're an adult, and and um and I, I feel bad. I'm I'm glad I'm couldn't be 
you know, no offense to Stipe and Cleveland. I, I love, you know, I got mad respect for Stipe and Cleveland where I met my brother Nick Cazono and spent a couple of years. Yeah, what's up, man? What's up? But, but I, I, I couldn't be happier for Francis Ngannou, and I hope he stays champion for a while. So, I mean, old Stipe had his run, right? I mean, he had an amazing run. He had the run. best run ever. He's in his late 30s. In, in the UFC great. ever. Yeah. I mean, great family, good support from, the, you know, from Cleveland and, and it's just his actual family. And, you know, he's, you know, I saw his house. It's a pretty nice house. So he's, I'm, he's doing okay, you know. <laughs> I'm going to get that soundbite from LeBron after the 2016 championship when he goes, Cleveland, this is for you. I'm going to import that into, uh, into uh, my uh, Farrago app here so <laughs> all right i'll have yeah. that so every time we reference nick we could say you'll hear cleveland <laughs> oh my god one love to lebron james so upset last night after that girl from baylor was absolutely robbed against yukon clearly fouled um in the uh, last uh couple of seconds of the game did not let her go to the line and, and with an opportunity to win that game. So, f you referees uh, for that game for UConn and Baylor. You suck and you robbed the Baylor Bears of that. And uh, and UConn is more closer to my hometown. So, Carissa Koreshi, uh, under sixteen, folk style wrestling champion. Let me see what weight class this is in for the state of California. Or... No. National. 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 Uh, 113, I think she is. Something like that. National Championship. She went to Iowa from California to wrestle in this tournament. (laughs) She just like, dang. Okay. She's a top top freestyle wrestler. For under 16 in the nation in her weight class. That is nuts. In folk style. (laughs) Folk style. Okay. And you know that uh, Will d- did Will give you the stats on what happened for the uh, for the eighteen uh, for the eighteen year old group? Yeah, she did. Well, that? I forgot what specifically. I'm gonna was. I'm gonna get it to you because I'll well, actually I'll get it from Riz what, third or something, right? Something crazy. Okay, let me see what Riz told me. Um, okay, in the in the juniors division of the eighteen year olds. She got third, only losing to an 18-year-old senior, 6-5 to five in the scoring. That senior was doing her third match of the day. But for Carissa, it was the eighth match of the day, Nick. Oh, my God. Eighth. Because she already wrestled in the 16 and under in the morning. She all her 16-year-old girls. She won the championship. And then went and oh wrestled the. She did eight matches in a day. That's ridiculous. Dude, she's a beast. How's her brother? Oh my god, Ethan. How old is he? Yeah. No, how how's he doing? I don't know. I asked um, Riz that, and he didn't. He didn't answer. I tried to call a couple times, so I didn't get the stats on Ethan. I feel bad because Ethan was such the superstar. When it's we were a, at Gracie like Baja, said, yeah, and and now it's Carissa, and I don't know, and he's her teammate, 
and I don't know how he would feel about I don't know how he would feel about that what the dynamic would be I I think we asked her and she said he was supportive and so I don't know um, but part of him's probably obviously I mean being a competitor could be probably bothered by that he could be just his success and not him not having it potentially you know well it's it's so, so much harder again we're yeah, talking he's... Amanda Nunes in the 135 pound division yeah. yep. is Carissa versus Ethan and... is in Khabib's division yeah I mean, it's like, not. Yeah. It's not gonna be. It's not. It's a. It's if it's a weighted yeah. system, it's weighted yeah. way in her favor because the girls' yeah. wrestling is just not there. The boys. Yeah. You have boys that have been wrestling since they're four, yeah. and those guys are wrestling Ethan, and he's only in his second year, maybe second or third year of wrestling total yeah. in his life. That's he didn't Crazy. start till he was a freshman. I know it's nuts, and he's like a junior. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, he started as a freshman, he's a junior, so he's in his third year going against people that have wrestled. By that time, that kid is, you know, 16 years old. That kid has already been wrestling over a decade. Yeah. That's like you training jiu-jitsu for two years and going against a black belt. Yeah. It's like some BJ Penn shit. Yeah. Like what he did in the Mundials that, you know, way back when. But, you know, that's why they called him the prodigy. That yeah. That's where that all came from. You know, he went and trained with Pedneris and all those guys. And, you know, so congratulations to her. Our other uh, team that we had on the show, Kayla Yakov, uh, the motorcycle rider. I messaged with her yesterday or the day before. She's going to have one more practice session, I think, at Talladega Super Speedway. Uh, and then she's going to Italy. And she will be in that prep league uh, with, uh, tw- so the, the the kids are 12 to 20. So that gives you an idea that you have these phenoms that are 12, 13, 14, Jeez, all no. the way up to 20 yeah. riding in a, in a prep for MotoGP in so Europe. Prep meaning like if you win it, can you become pro or something? It means that they're developing you to put, to be a MotoGP rider. Okay. So... This is like, this is this is amazing. I mean, you could not be in a better position at her age than going to do this, because this is how if you want to ride MotoGP, like, and I'll, I'll give I want to give you guys an example because it just happened this weekend. The best rider in America last year on thousand cc bikes was a guy named Cameron Bobier, thirty two year old. Okay, Cameron ran away with the superbike division. So we would watch a race inside of a lap. He's built like a four-second lead, which is a lot, <laughs> on guys. And then he would just keep pulling away and pulling away. So every race we watched last season was, who's going to be number two or three? Because Bobier is riding away from these guys. Okay, Cameron Bobier had his first race in Europe on Sunday night. Okay, in Qatar, actually. But, you know, MotoGP is like Formula One. They follow that same circuit, you know, Singapore and, you know, uh, Qatar and Spain and Poland and England and and Germany and all that stuff, right? Italy. Cameron Bobier finished 11th out of 22. Damn. Uh, in, in Moto2, not in MotoGP, in the second league down from MotoGP. 
Then you have Moto 3. So you have the real beginners at this, you know, stuff in the in European in Moto GP. Then you have Moto 2 and then you have Moto GP. So not even in Moto GP he finished mid-pack. Huh. Now granted he qualified as like number 22, so he passed like 11 guys. So he did pretty well to get to 11. I got to I got to give give Cameron Bobier that. But it gives you an idea of the levels. The best rider we had in the United States was mid-pack in the second league in Europe. Jeez. Okay? So that's what tra- Kayla is training to oh, become one Cameron of those guys. Now, big dogs. Yeah, MotoGP itself. So right now in Moto3, there is a girl named Anna who's racing, an adult woman, and that's it. In MotoGP, the big boys... There's never been a woman to ride in that in that league, ever. So that's how big this is if she can get to MotoGP and be the first woman. Unless somebody beats her to it between now and when she's 16 or 18 years old. But a lot of these kids are 20 years old. They're not that old. They're, yeah. Some of them are older, but, you know, they're so fast, Nick. <laughs> I just can't explain I, to you. I, I, I believe you, man. Okay, let me give okay, you. Let you. me. Let me give you. Let me just give you another frame Gosh. of reference from Qatar. Yeah. The Ducatis were the fastest bikes uh, this weekend. Coming down the straightaway, they were so me at our track here, the one I go to. If I can get to 125 on this straightaway, because it's not that long, it's pretty fast. They were doing 225 miles an hour on a motorcycle. That's not nuts. a supercar with a cabin around you on a motorcycle. That's nuts. 250 plus horsepower on two on a two-wheel machine with a guy on it. How much do you weigh right now? 135. They're your weight. On a 250 horsepower motorcycle i would just die (laughs) it's just 200 200 i mean i've been 160 on a motorcycle on public highways before and at 160 you feel like you're i think i did in the mid you're you're an air force guy so you're 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 used to that like you you felt that well i was in a fighter pilot still like it's the same kind of it's it's similar right well, yeah, but I'm inside an airplane. I'm not in, the, in out in the airstream. But the turbulence, know. like you're used to that. Oh, you're oh my god! Trained for that turbulence, you know. I don't want to talk about turbulence in Scotland and people throwing up on the flight deck and all that. Because <laughs> yes, I I've had some some days and turbulence out in New Mexico as well. I've had some rough days, but the speed is so fa- it's so terrifying. Every time I go out on, I told somebody today. Every time I go out on that track, the first time I'm terrified. Like when I, you're getting ready to, and they they wave you on that you can go. Yeah. Uh, they're checking your wristband to make sure you're in the right group and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm terrified every single time. Now you have a girl out there that is going much faster than I'm going, and you have guys that are going 225 miles an hour down a straightaway. Some of these curves at 110 miles an hour it's just and they're you know again you know we used to get we all have knee pucks on our knees so that when there is a hard plastic fiber 
that's touching the ground. So you open your leg, you open your knee, and you dive towards the ground, and your knee will vent will be gliding across the ground. You have people like Kayla and these professionals now. They have to get elbow pad, elbow uh, that hard plastic on the elbow because their elbow's touching the ground. Oh. That's how far they're over now. <laughs> yeah, it's just so. It's an you know like Carissa, a warrior who decided to go out there and do whatever she did, eleven matches yeah. in a friggin' day. I don't even know how you, I don't even know how you could. I don't know who could grapple that many times in a day. But that, you know, but she's fearless, Kayla. Willing to go in there, she's going to be mixing it up with twenty-year-olds who want to take her dream away. Yeah, that's what she's going to be racing. Not like me, where I'm out on a track day with some idiots who don't know how to, con you know, control their urges. She's going to be out there with people who say, "I'm racing for money. I am racing to take your spot. And if I have to run you off the track to get that, I'll do it." And if you're going over 100 and you go tumbling off your motorcycle and compound fracture, well, okay. I mean, it's 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 very scary. That's so not, this that is scary. We got to get you to watch. Uh, I'll get you to set uh, DVR, watch some MotoGP this year, and you're gonna see yeah, man, um, yeah, some stuff some that'll videos. I'll blow your mind. So, um, Nick, thank you so much for uh, chiming in tonight. I, yeah, I thought we hit. We hit MMA, we hit jiu-jitsu, we hit yeah. reality TV, we hit MotoGP, we hit NBA. NBA. <laughs> Did a little bit of everything. Love everything, yeah. Um, and, and let's face it, we're, we're really going to make a big deal about this, and then the Nets, if they're healthy, are probably going to run away with this because James Harden is just, again, you know, he's just playing. Uh, I think Kyrie just came back because he decided to take a week off for um well it's my birthday so i mean i'm kind of tired of playing so i'm gonna take a week off um so he did and he said Kyrie, yeah Kyrie, more more Kyrie drama that should be hashtag on on twitter so james just kept them winning and and um it's gonna be absurd and kevin's not back yet so we get kevin james Kyrie on the floor with blake uh our former los angeles brother uh blake griffin that is now on the nets lamarcus aldridge and the rest of their team, it's going to be ugly, you know, stuff that's going to go down with the Ooh. Brooklyn Nets. They're going to be very tough to beat. So, hashtag NBA, hashtag MotoGP, <laughs> hashtag Carissa Koreshi, hashtag Kayla Yakov. So, um, this was a great episode. I think the only thing we need to talk about is UFOs. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, Nick, uh, I'm going to bring us out to a song yeah. that I think you're going to like from Heart. And for Nick Cazono, this is DJ San Marco saying one love, peace out, and we'll see you down the road. Well, let me get with this. Mm -hmm. 